This, this, this is, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Hello, I'm Adam. And I'm Nick. And welcome to episode 26 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Before we get underway, thank you very much. If you are a subscriber to the podcast, please do so. Hit the little button and then write us a five-star review. That will boost our uh, appearance in the charts and iTunes to therefore uh, hopefully uh, boost our appearance worldwide. Get some more overseas people listening to our dulcet tones on a weekly basis. Anyway, on this week's show... Team GB are dropping like flies in Rio. So Anthony Fowler embraces his conqueror with a warm hug at the conclusion of three torrid rounds in the 75-kilogram middleweight division. His Olympic dream comes to an end in the first preliminary round of the men's 75-kilogram middleweight tournament. Retirement didn't last long for Manny Pacquiao, and the baby-faced assassin has got himself a new trainer. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, shall we start with the Olympics? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Have you been uh, keeping up to date with everything? It's quite difficult to keep up to date with everything because we are normal human beings leading normal human lives and therefore having to work, manage babies and all this type of stuff. And they're putting blooming boxing on at 11, 12 o'clock midnight, you know what I mean? And it's going into the early hours of the morning. What are they expecting me to do? Stay up and watch it every single night of the week? Yep, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I know what you're saying. The timing for Rio is fucking way off, isn't it? I don't remember the Olympics being... The timing's being so bad. Even Sydney, if we're looking back to Sydney. I thought you were going to say even London, right? Yeah, of course, of course, mate, yeah, because it's the same country. That's why. <laughs> but it, I, even, I remember back at the Sydney Olympics and being glued to everything. And obviously their timetable was like the exact opposite of ours. So, yeah. you know, Rio's only four hours behind. You that's, what what I'm ba- that's what I'm baffled by. Why is it? Is it American audience? Is that why they're it's doing a, it? It's American TV, C- C- M- uh, CBS or NBC or one of them. Whoever, whoever's covering the, uh, the Olympics in America, I think it's NBC. They paid the most money for the TV rights, so they've been able to dictate why a lot of the stuff is starting relatively late in the day, like the swimming, for example. Yeah. Any swimming meet, you know yourself, they're wrapped up by lunchtime. Them swimmers don't do afternoons. They like to be in the pool by 5, 6 a.m., get the races done, and by lunchtime they're out. The day is finished. But um, because NBC wanted to uh, wanted to have the main man on live primetime TV in his finals, collecting his, I don't know how many gold medals he got now, about fucking 200. 24, I think it is now, mate, yeah. 24. He's yeah, ridiculous, so that, Phelps, isn't he? Ridiculous. It is, he's, he's bonkers, yeah, he's insane. But that, that you know... They've they wanted that, so they pushed the swimming back for that. And I can only imagine that's kind of why the whole program has been affected. But um, but yeah, the boxing's been tough, hasn't it? It's been tough to watch from a GB perspective. Have you so put it? Long. Have you put it down to coming up? Maybe our our lads are, are not as good as what we experienced in 2012. Or are you are you putting it against coming up against elite opposition, getting a tough draw? I think it's a bit of both. Obviously, there's you know it's amateur boxing. So we know there's some severe politics involved. I'm not saying, from what I've seen so far, I'll be honest, I haven't seen any GB boxer get robbed. Um, Galal Yafai, would you have put him in there for maybe a well, points decision or was he the closest? It was close, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I thought I thought Yafai won, I'll be honest with you, but uh, it was close, it was close. It wasn't. I didn't go away thinking he's been absolutely well, blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was a close fight. And... Obviously, the other side of that is, you know, there was so much investment in the London 2012 squad. There was so much. They just seemed to be so. The, the 2012 team just seemed to be so much more accomplished and experienced, whereas this team 
you know, Nicola, Nicola Adams and Savannah Marshall and our boy Fowler aside, uh, you know, the relatively an inexperienced team, I would say. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of guys here at, certainly at their first Olympic Games. And, yeah. You know, there's not a ton of experience in there. Maybe they maybe they're just finding the going hard. But f- I'll be honest, from what I've seen so far in the boxing ring, the the, the standard in, out in Rio has been has been superb, absolutely superb. The Kazakh that Anthony came up against was just a joke. I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce his name because I'm just going to look a prat. Uh, but uh, he boxed his ears. I, I know he's a mate of ours and we wanted him to do extremely well. And we fancied him to do well, especially with all his uh, exploits at world championship level. But he came up against a kid that could box at range, could box in tight. He has, obviously had some power because he put him on his backside in the second round. You can't yeah. you can't argue with that. When you come against up against someone that's just better than you, you've just got old hands up, haven't you? No, no, exactly. And Fowler's not the only one who's had a bad draw as well. You know, Akali drew, drew a Cuban called Savon, for Christ's sake. You don't want a Cuban you know? first round, do you? You're thinking, you've gone to the Olympics, you've grafted four years, right? you've been in the gym, you've, you're looking mint, you're thinking, right, just, yeah, I'll take a Cuban maybe at bronze medal or something like that. That's when I'll take one. I don't want one first up because they are they are elite Olympians. That's what they do. Exactly. And you certainly don't want the, you know, the nephew of the great Felix Savon or whatever as well. You know, the guy's just fucking made to win a gold medal. So, uh, and you're right. The guy, the guy who Fowler lost to the Kazakh. My God, you know. As soon as I, as soon as I watched that fight, and you know, I'm not saying, you know, we we fancied Anthony to win a medal. We there's a couple of guys here we fancied to do a medal. We were already basically on their way home, but uh, the, the Kazakh for me was just outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Do you think he'll win? Uh, he'll win that weight division. Yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll win that weight division. And I think he's from what I've seen so far, he's a contender for the Val Barker as well. He best performer of the tournament over the weight division what yeah. I've seen oh yeah I think he looks absolutely outstanding so mm. but the only one the, the best Brit for me so far that stood out is um, is what's his name uh, the is he the heavyweight Buatshwe Buatshwe the light heavy light heavy yeah 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 he got the first he got the first knockout didn't he in the, in the Olympics first stoppage of the tournament yeah yeah he looks mustard so far I know it's easy to say that after he's blown someone away but that was a a great start for him and um you know, we've had another bad day last, you know, yesterday with a couple more going out. We've just got to try and stay in as long as we can. Thankfully, you know, probably our, our safest bet for a medal, our golden girl, Nicola Adams, is still in there. Uh, well, of course she is. She, she, she hasn't thrown a punch yet. <laughs> of course she's still in there. They've given her a bye. That's why she's still in. <laughs> thank, thank goodness. But, uh, you know, this time next week, she could be the last the last one standing, unfortunately, the way things are looking. But The thing is, though, you look at it and you, and you wouldn't be surprised, though, if she was. Yeah. I know, I know. Fingers crossed she can do it and get herself uh, two Olympics. The, 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 the saving grace, and we don't want to wish bad on any other nations, but the saving grace for the rest of the home nations is that it's going uh, pretty bad for them as well. I mean, we saw uh, uh, Paddy Barnes. He uh, yeah. got a bit of an upset, didn't he? I mean, I didn't expect that one. That Welsh lad, Cordina, I didn't expect him to get beat. He got beat as well. Um, there's yeah. um, there's a kid that got sent home today um, for drugs. Is it O'Reilly? Michael O'Reilly, that's him. Oh, the Irish kid, yeah. He, yeah. he was a middleweight, wasn't he? He didn't even get to fight him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he failed the drug yeah, test. Yeah, he failed the drug test. It was a recreational year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silly that, you're at the Booming Olympics. You spent four years Fuck getting yourself to that time. and uh, you, Two weeks you... before the Olympics, you have a joint with the lads at home because <laughs> you're a tit. <laughs> but on Paddy, Barnes, on Paddy Barnes, though, you must have been dead I'm surprised. for Paddy. I was gutted, and I was gutted as well, you know, because uh, I know you know I know friends of friends who train with Paddy Barnes who, who literally can't speak highly enough of him. Out in Ireland, you know, the guy's an absolute icon. Yeah. He's done so much for Irish amateur boxing. 
Um, he just didn't deserve to go out like that, you know. He just didn't deserve to go out so early in the tournament because his his uh, his pedigree is so much better than that. But hey, you know, Anthony Fowler's the most decorated Englishman, English boxer of, of all time. If he'd have won an Olympic medal, he'd have been the first Englishman ever to add every single medal from every single major tournament. Yeah, and yet he was humbled in the first round. So again, it just to be fair though, he, he was fighting world champion. He was fighting world amateur champion. Completely. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I get it, but. Yeah, I know you the standard mean. out there. The standard out there, for what I've seen so far, has been has been excellent. And uh, you know, as you say, it's like anything. It's the look of the draw, isn't it? Sometimes, unfortunately, and uh, the draw hasn't been kind from what I can see on the British guys so far. But hopefully, uh, hopefully, Nicola Adams and Savannah Marshall will turn that round in the, for the women's. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Boxing side, then put the boxing ring to one side. What you been? What you been the favourite? Favorite thing about the Olympics this first week, then I'd... cupping. Cupping. Yeah. All I'm thinking of now is them big red spots on felt. felt That's what it is, mate. That's what it is. That's what cupping is. That's the highlight for me, sunshine. I'm waiting for Usain Bolt to start sprinting. That's what I'm waiting for. I'll be honest with you. First week at Olympic Games, apart from the swimming and obviously the boxing, rest of it kind of bores me a little bit. I was watching table tennis today. I was mesmerised. I was, I was just, I was thinking, what am I doing with my life watching two geezers whack a tiny little ball across this, across this table? I need to get out more. Is what I need to be doing. <laughs> The uh, swimming's been bang on. Phelps against that uh, South African kid. He was at, that was an unbelievable race in the butterfly. Too, and I've watched the, uh, I've watched near enough all the swimming to be fair. And uh, yeah. it does get exciting in the latter stages, early rounds in the in the heats and all that. It's like whatever, man. But yeah, I'd say the swimming first. I'm looking for, I like track and field, mate. When it's Olympics, I like track and field. Let's get in there. Usain Bolt pulling some funny faces and setting the place on fire. That's what you want. Oh no, I love the first week. So go on, what's, what are you into? You, you've you been watching fencing, you, haven't you? You've been sat there with your jobbers on. <laughs> I actually did watch the fence. I bet you bloody did, yeah. I watched, obviously, I'm glued to the swimming. I fucking love the swimming. Um, and then uh, I've been watching fencing. I was watching uh, clay pigeon shooting. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of judo, taekwondo. Uh, what else have I been watching? The other night I was sitting with me. Well, she, I said this and my wife got up and went to bed. She just went, that's enough, I've finished. We were sitting watching the women's gymnastics and some woman some poor girl from from like russia or somewhere was on these parallel bars and she's spinning around and she's doing all these big flips in the air these double altos is it is this the face plant no well this was this was before the face plant she's flipping around going everywhere landing all these big flips and you know releasing off the bar landing on the other bar back flips front flips fucking sideways flips everything Comes off the end, does a big a quadruple spin and flip, lands on the floor, takes about a two inch jump forward to get her balance back. And I'm sitting there drinking a cider with a can of with a packet of Doritos, and I said to my wife, "Ah, fucking shite!" <laughs> <laughs> on the strength of that tiny little bunny hop forward. <laughs> Do you not find that you're watching certain sports like fencing, gymnastics, and all that type of stuff, and and you, you're impressed by everything, but then the the commentator slags it off, like giving it loads of shit, and you're thinking to yourself. I thought that one all right, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty tidy. <laughs> I'll tell you what has made me laugh, actually. I don't know if you've seen this. You definitely need to go and Google it. And thank God that the Philippines have got Manny Pacquiao because they haven't got any bloody high divers. Have you seen them? <laughs> Fucking hell. Honestly, they, I don't think they hit the water head first at once in the entire routine. Backs, fronts, belly flops, knees, you name it. They were crashing in there, them boys, weren't they? 
Somebody's gone. Yeah. They've won that yeah. of Thomas Cook, haven't they? They've won that. They've won yeah. a little Brucey bonus. Go on, lads, get out to Rio and do a bit of diving for us. We need to. We need to enter some lads. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be on Rio's beaches in two weeks' time selling coconuts you watch. I'm telling you, mate, that was the funniest. <laughs> Somebody's done a montage on YouTube. It's the most funniest thing. If you haven't seen it yet, go and check it out. Just Google Filipino divers at Rio 2016. You will piss yourself. It's hilarious. I've been watching that diving as well, but have you noticed the, the pool has changed? It's quite. gone green. Yeah, it went green yesterday, didn't it? What the fuck's that all about? No idea, mate. It's, it's Rio, innit? It's, there'll, be, there'll be a dead horse in there or something like that. There'll yeah. be something... Sw- <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be jumping in that stuff. <laughs> This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Right, from Filipino divers to uh, the Filipino boxer. It's a good job that they've got him in the Philippines because that's pretty embarrassing what them lads have been doing in the uh, in the Olympics. They've been having fun, I suppose. Um, what do you make of the Pac-Man back? Uh, re- retirement didn't last long, did it? It's still there. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you were, you were flashing in and out then. Right. Uh, <clears throat> well... Oh, obviously, am I surprised? Am I not surprised? I honestly thought he'd be president of the Philippines by now. Mm. So I guess I am surprised in some way, shape or form. I know he said that he's going to do his whole entire camp in the Philippines because obviously he's in a he's in a position with the government there now, so that won't hamper it at all. What did, what did surprise me was the fact that he's coming back what, in Manny's own words. Manny said he's coming back for money. Yeah. Because he needs he needs money. He can't he can't rely on his own salary as a public official or something. Well, no shit. If you're a public official in the Philippines, you're probably on two buttons a week, aren't you? Like, yeah, but how much did you pull for the bloody Mayweather fight, mate? What have you done with exactly. it? Where have you spunk that? <laughs> exactly. What's he been spending his cash on? That's what I, I thought he'd be president by now because I thought he's got to be the richest man in the Philippines now with all that money he made from the Mayweather fight and beyond. He'll go back and just basically do a Donald Trump and just buy his buy his way to the presidential hot seat. But apparently that's not that easy and apparently he's running out of money so he's making his comeback for that reason. But I don't know, at 37, the Filipino flash, is he really going to be much of a flash? Is it... Is this the point now in his career where we kind of go like, oh, I wish he'd retired? That was the one where he should have retired then and and now he wouldn't be, you know, some punchy fella getting shipped around the world doing after-dinner speaking. I don't know. It's a... He's only fighting Jesse Vargas, though. Only. The guy's <laughs> a world champion. Can't say that. Yeah, but out of all the world champions, he's, he's, no, he's, I... he's hand-picked the one that you'd think that he fancies, him, fancies the most. The guy who couldn't punch his way out of a paper bag. Mm. That's what he's trying to say. That's what I'm saying. He's not going to get hurt, is he? He might go 12 rounds. He might just box his ears off for 12. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, Manny has made it clear, as I say, that it's a money fight, and it is a money fight in that regard. You know, he's not coming fa- coming back to fight Timothy Bradley, is he, or anybody of that ilk. He's coming back with a hand-picked opponent to earn some money. So, you know, I bet you Amir Khan's ears are pricked up. Yeah, definitely, yeah, because obviously that's that's a, certainly a fight that I'm here with, with jump at, and it's certainly a fight that's been talked about in the past. And mm. you know, it's a fight I'd rather see him fight Amir Khan than Jesse Vargas. Yeah, but uh, uh, but yeah, it's strange, strange how these guys just can't walk away, isn't it? You know, of all the pe- of all the fighters from this generation, never mind walk away, mate. It's strange how he's just spunked hundred million quid. Where's it gone? <laughs> what I mean. You know, of this generation, he's probably. Certainly, he's obviously not number one, but he's certainly top five, the biggest earners in boxing from mm. this generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he lives in the Philippines. Like, what the fuck's he doing? Does he, does he, is he using bundles of dollar bills rather than fucking wood for his fire? I don't know. 
it's insane to think hmm. Manny Pacquiao needs money. Yeah. And then we said, I will look after my wife's family and my family. How, and how many of them are there? What is that? Is that the whole of the Philippines? He's looking after He's everybody. He's the whole country, yeah. <laughs> Nobody has to work because Manny's going to have a fight. Speaking of retirement, I'll gutted this because every time this fella steps in the ring, you're guaranteed a tear up. We obviously, we mentioned Khan, he's fought Khan, it was a great fight that night. I thought he was brilliant against Mayweather. I thought I just think he's been brilliant all the way through his career. Chino Maidana uh, has announced his retirement yeah. as the boy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's what an incredible career he's had as well. You know, he's one of the, as you pointed out then, certainly one of the most exciting champions we've had mm. for a while around that super lightweight welterweight division yeah you know he was he was the man money what do you what do you have like 35 fights against five defeats 35 mm. wins five defeats something like that two-weight world champion as well he could take exactly. a he could take a bang he could bang that exciting you know he's going to bring it every time he steps through the ropes you know he was going to bring it exactly yeah. and he uh you know i'll always remember that performance against Derek morales the big fight against amir khan you know, brilliant, uh, a brilliant operator. So, uh, and the win against Adrian Broner, of course. So mm. Oh, uh, the win against Adrian Broner is probably the best knockout ever just because of the exactly. gobshite that is Adrian Broner. That's, that's what <laughs> exactly. it is. He absolutely, he hung him out. He literally hung him over the rope. See you, son. Ta-da. <laughs> brilliant. So, yeah, it's it's one of them. And he, he's, he, he walks away from the sport with his faculty, you know, with his with his brain intact and uh, and good luck to him. But, uh, no, I like him again, a lot. In 12 months' time, Adam, would we be surprised if we're announcing his comeback? Nope. Nah. Run out of cash, mate. I've been bankrolling the Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now then, just a quick one. This has just come through to me today. Have you seen the uh, WBC 30-day weigh-in that uh, you've got to adhere to if you're fighting under the jurisdiction? Uh, Kel Brook and uh, Gennady Golovkin have been on the uh, weighing scales today. You'll love this. Kel Brook has weighed in. They've all, but they've both weighed in uh, the limit underneath the limit that they're allowed thirty days out from a fight. It's all for health and safety, making sure that they're not crash dieting and all that type of stuff. Um, yeah. But uh, Kel Brook has weighed in eleven pounds heavier than GGG. Wow. Yeah, man. And they said that he wouldn't be able to get uh, that that he would have to uh, bulk up in order to uh, to meet the criteria of middleweight. No, 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 son. He's been to KFC. He's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, someone's been to Nando's, haven't they? My God. He's always been big at one four seven, anyway, hasn't he? You know what I mean? No, so. no, yeah. He was always huge. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that kind of it surprises me that it's eleven pound. Yeah. Probably a little bit a little bit higher than you would imagine. But um, so, but but he was within the yeah, both within, both within, yeah. I mean, that just goes to prove how much of a professional, I suppose, Gennady Golovkin is. He, he lives it, doesn't he? Yeah, he just cracks on. Be far off weight. Yeah, exactly. He just stares at that weight constantly, constantly training, eating right, all that type of stuff. And that's probably one of the reasons as to why he is just so supreme. He is one hundred percent boxing. Yeah, exactly. He's uh, uh, kind of explains why he's a bit special. Yeah. Mm. It's an interesting one, that, though. I'm glad the WBC have brought that in because, uh, you know, the weight cutting is a big issue at the moment, certainly in MMA as much as boxing as well. So mm. anything we can kind of do to help it. In MMA right now in Vegas and in California, they've just introduced morning weigh-ins, which we've discussed previously, so you get weighed the morning of. I'm always, Friday, I'm, yeah. I'm always lightest in the morning, mate. Always lightest. <laughs> yeah. Ten past eight, dump, and then I'm really light then. Get on the scales then. It makes me wonder where the future of you know the public weigh-ins are going for both boxing and... Well, they're just a showcase, aren't they? They're a show, aren't they? They're there just to give That's it the old hoo-ha. Is, is there any any real point to them anymore? It's for the fans, isn't it? For the fans to get the picture taken, get your selfie with your fighter. 
I think the sport. I think both sports probably need to move on and think of something else. I don't know whether a press conference probably wouldn't really do the trick. Nobody wants to speak the night before. Don't re- don't reinvent the wheel, mate. Some dickhead will bring that. They'll put Pokemon Go on it or something like that, won't it? It'll be virtual. You'll be able to <laughs> yeah. watch the weigh-in and touch him on your phone or something. Probably, yeah, yeah. Speaking of weigh-ins, um, a lad that struggled with his weight recently, a lad that you actually nicknamed back in the day, the babyface assassin. Last time out, he missed weight and therefore ended up not fighting uh, when Liam Smith was in town in Liverpool. Talking about Paul Butler, he uh, has changed his coach once again. Short period of time we Oliver. Decided it wasn't working. Maybe he's pointed uh, his frustrations for weight cutting and bad information towards others. I don't know. I don't know him. You know him a lot better than me. He's teamed up with Joe Gallagher. If you're going to team up with somebody uh, in order to kick you on, go to a stable where there's uh, proven talent in there. And Joe Gallagher's definitely got that. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, there's no, uh, certainly no question the ability of, uh, of Joe Gallagher these days as a coach because of what he's done. You know, it proofs in the pudding at the end of the day. And, you know, he's got a couple of world champions in his gym, which is a, a couple more than most gyms in Europe. So, you know, you, you can't go to a better gym. I think Paul's probably the smallest guy in there, though, by some by some way. Mm. You know, I don't think, I think there's anybody, any top pros anyway, training at that gym who are quite as small as Paul. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see, you know, obviously they they bring in to work with him and spa and everything else. But, you know, that aside, what a place to be. You know, they say iron sharpens iron, don't they? So... Surround yourself with the likes of Quig and uh, the Smith brothers, and you know you, you can't. You're not going to go far wrong, are you? Crawler, you know, Crawler could be a good spa for them actually. A little mm. bit big, but you know they, that's they, people like that are only going to bring Paul Butler on. Let's be honest with you. So good luck to him because you know he's no. Although he's called the baby-faced assassin, Paul, and he's and he's been a world champion before. He's current European WBO European, is he, or one of the versions of the European belt? I think he's got the moments. You know, a former world champion himself. He, he needs to come back now. He needs to bounce back. He needs to after losing that title to Tete. You know, who's who's, who's subsequently proved himself to be a bit special. Paul's had a couple of fights now. He's he's got back in the mix. You know, he's had a couple of big wins. I think he's finished every opponent he's had since Tete. He needs to push on now. He needs to get back into world title class because again, he's not. We may know him as the baby-faced assassin, but he's. I think he's twenty-seven now, maybe twenty-eight, coming up to twenty-eight. You know, he's he's pushing on now. He's really got to try and get back in the mix. And uh, you know, as I say, it's it's a good stable. It's a good camp. Only time will tell if it's a good move. He's also attempting to make history, isn't he? Because he was, uh, he he, ste- he relinquished his world title in order to step down in weight and become uh, a two weight world champion. Most people step up in weight. He decided to step down in weight. He's not accomplished that at this moment, but fingers no. crossed, uh, Joe Gallagher can get him back on that path. And fingers crossed, uh, there'll be another uh, world title uh, coming maybe towards the Gallagher gym. Maybe the bantamweight is the way to go, Adam. You know, he was a he was IBF world champion at bantamweight. Mm. And he moved back to moved down to Superfly, got beat. But you know, again, you, you need to get it. You need to you know believe the fact that Tete, who beat him at Superfly, way Tete is a special champion. Like he's brilliant. He's probably going to be a, a three, four, five time, five weight world champion. Tete, he's that good. He's ridiculous. I agree. Good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think he's something a bit special. So it wouldn't surprise me if Joe Gallagher brought. Butler back as a bantamweight, hmm. um, you know, beefed him up a little bit, and, and because he did it there before, you know, so be interesting to see what what happens later this year with uh, with Butler. 
when he comes back out. But uh, but bantamweight, I think, could be the way they're going to go. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, now then, looking ahead to next week, we've got a couple of shows for you. I'll explain that more in a minute. Uh, but one of them is obviously going to be dedicated to UFC 202. It is return. The one that we've all been waiting for, Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz part two. Now, if anybody on the UFC roster knows how to flog a fight, it is Conor <laughs> McGregor. In it, you know what I mean? We're 10 days, what is it? I think he did this two weeks out. We're now 10 days out from that big night. Um, and if you're going to do something and if it's going a bit quiet, why not then decide to call out a load of guys that are absolutely giant haystacks of human beings? Why not do that? He's called out the whole WWE roster saying that he'd slap the silly little heads off him. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, you know, people think that Connor. I was on that call actually. I was on the call where he, where he actually made that comment, a conference call with Nate Diaz last Friday. And um, as soon as he said it, you know, you've just got to respect. It, it it comes off like an off the cuff comment. It comes off like he's just kind of just spitting vitriol and you know just having a kind of pop at everybody and just being Connor. But Connor is so intelligent in that he knows what he's saying. He knows what he's doing. Uh, and this is where, you know, a lot of fighters have got a lot of admiration for Conor McGregor, both for the way he fights and obviously for the way he sells a fight. But I, I say this to fighters all the time. You've got to go into every press conference and every media engagement with some kind of idea of what you want to say. Don't wait for questions. Don't wait for journalists to push you in certain directions or put you on the spot. Go in there knowing what you want to say. And for me, this was a perfect example of that. Connor just completely called called out every single fight in WWE. <laughs> I think he belittled them, didn't he? He belittled them, saying that they're not real fighters. They're all. I think he actually used the word pussies, didn't he? He called them all a lot of pussies, and then it's all kicked off. They've all decided. And then afterwards, he had to back, and afterwards, he backtracked and apologised, but said he would slap their heads off them all on the same night or something. <laughs> but what he's done is, it's not necessarily. It's it's this entire like. I don't know how many wrestling fans... The wrestling fan base is ridiculously big. Well, Huge it's the largest hits. sports entertainment in the whole of America. It's bigger than the UFC out there. It's absolutely massive. It's massive in terms of the numbers it gets. I think the UFC yeah. is the biggest pay-per-view driver. Still. Yeah, of course. I think WrestleMania, you know, 60, 60 70,000 people into an arena and they get millions of viewers, which the UFC can't compete with. But what you're alluding to is that if you combine both of those together, which Connor in his head is doing... That's a lot of money. So, you know, we've already had crossover before with Brock Lesnar. And, you know, the, this this actual event, of course, coming up. Uh, and it, sorry, the event after, isn't it, when uh, CM Punk makes his UFC debut? That's, that's right, yeah. That's just around the corner as well. So there's already that WWE-UFC crossover. But what Connor done is, not only did he piss off every fighter, he pissed off every WWE fan. <laughs> so every WWE fan is now pissed off with Conor McGregor. Not only that, they now go, right, I want to see this guy get torn apart. When's he fighting? I'm going to watch this. I want to see him get beat. Yeah. Oh, that guy beat him last time. Brilliant. That guy will beat him again. I'm paying to see that. And some, and that is just, it's going to blow the pay-per-view numbers right up again. Pure, just, just having a go at the WWE like that. And the fact that pretty much every WWE fighter, past and present, I've seen Ric Flair was having a go at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a fan of Ric Flair. I was, I was watching WWE. The Nature Boy. Woo! It was WWF then, wasn't That's it? it yeah. I was watching it then when Ric Flair was about. So to get all these people firing back at him and having a go, brilliant. That's exactly what Connor wanted. 
It's exactly what the UFC were hoping for, and this is why he's the biggest, you know, the biggest earner in the entire sport right now because this is what he does. He sells fights, and every single fighter on the planet should learn from that. Don't go to immediate engagement or do immediate interview without thinking about what you want to say. I'm not saying you go into every interview and decide to piss off half the population. <laughs> but you should always go in there with a, with a goal. The soundbite, yeah. Out of it. The exactly. soundbite, that's it. Exactly. Next time with the Fight Disciples. Uh, now, next week, we've got two shows lined up for you. One, obviously, will be dedicated to UFC 202, as we've just been discussing. Uh, but me and Nick have been promoted. That's right. We have uh, been asked very kindly, with it being the off-season in the world of boxing, uh, to do Fight Club on Talk Sport 2. So if you listen regularly to Gareth A. Davis's show, 10 o'clock till 11 o'clock, Monday nights, make sure you come and join me and this monkey talking uh, all things boxing next Monday 10 o'clock and we will make it readily available for you via our own podcast stream so if you miss it if you're not up and about on Monday night uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast because the whole show will be with you uh, for Tuesday morning sounds alright that doesn't it Nick thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via iTunes